نحمده ونستعينه ونستغفره ونعوذ بالله ونعوذ بالله من شرور انفسنا ومن سيئات اعمالنا من يهده الله فلا مضل له من يضلل فلا هادي له واشهد ان لا اله الا الله وحده لا شريك له واشهد ان محمدا عبده ورسوله صلوات الله والسلام عليه اما بعد فان اصدق الحديث كتاب الله تعالى وخير الهدى هدى محمد صلوات الله والسلام عليه وشر الامور محدثاتها وكل محدثه بدعه وكل بدعه ضلاله وكل الضلاله في النار يقول المصنف رحمه الله تعالى الكبيره الثانيه قتل النفس قال الله سبحانه وتعالى ومن يقتل مؤمنا متعمدا فجزاؤه جهنم خالدا فيها وغضب الله عليه ولعنه واعد له عذابا عظيما وقال الله تعالى والذين لا يدعون مع الله الها اخر ولا يقتلون النفس التي حرم الله الا بالحق ولا يزنون ومن يفعل ذلك يلقى اثاما يضاعف له العذاب يوم القيامه ويخلد فيه مهانا الا من تاب وامن وقال الله تعالى من قتل نفسا بغير نفس او فساد في الارض فكانما قتل الناس جميعا وقال الله تعالى واذا الموؤوده سئلت باي ذنب قتلت الامام الذهبي رحمه الله تعالى in his book kitab al kaba'ir brings the second kabira and the scholars of al islam they say that this second kabira is in fact the second biggest sin and crime that any son of dora of bani adam can fall into and that is qatl nafs for someone to kill someone else after al ishraq billahi ta'ala the second biggest kabira is for someone to murder someone else to take a life whether that life is a muslim life or a non-muslim life rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam made it haram for us to hunt for an animal and to kill the animal just for the sake of killing it a bird will be brought forth yawm al-qiyamah and it will be holding on to a person the bird will say rabbi sal hadha limadha qatlani and the bird will say oh my lord ask him why did he kill me he was just doing target practice with a bb gun he just went hunting shot up the animals and left them like that it is not permissible to take the life except that allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given someone the authority to do so 
So the second kabira is al-qatl, killing someone without the haq. As it relates to the life, ikhwati fillah, the life is an amana that Allah has given to people. It doesn't belong to us. It is a trust. And this is established from the Quran and the authentic sunnah of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Allah ta'ala said in the Quran, قُلْ إِنَّ الصَّلَاةِ وَنُسُكِ وَمَحْيَايَا وَمَمَاتِ لِلَّهِ رَبِّ الْعَالَمِينَ Say unto them, my salat, my sacrifice, my life and my death are for Allah, the Lord of all the worlds. وَبِذَلِكَ أُمِرْتُ And this is what I have been ordered. So a person's life and his death is for Allah Azza The ayah said in the Quran, "الَّذِينَ إِذَا أَصَابَتْهُمْ مُصِيبَةٌ قَالُوا إِنَّا لِلَّهِ وَإِنَّا إِلَيْهِ الرَّاجِعُونَ." Those people who when they are afflicted with a musibah, they say, إِنَّا لِلَّهِ وَإِنَّا إِلَيْهِ الرَّاجِعُونَ. We belong to Allah, and to Allah we return. So the life is an amana, it's a trust that Allah has given each and every one of us. So you have to give this body back to Allah the way He gave it to you. You cannot put on it tattoos, you cannot destroy it or deface it, you cannot take it away without the haq of Al-Islam, without Allah allowing you. Now, there is a time when it's permissible to take the life. The Prophet, he says, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, أُمِرْتُ أَنْ أُقَاتِلِ النَّاسِ حَتَّى يَشْهَدُوا أَنْ لَا إِلَهَا إِلَّا اللَّهِ وَأَنَّ مُحَمَّدًا رَسُولُ عَبْدُ اللَّهِ وَرَسُولُهُ وَيُقِيمُ الصَّلَاءُ وَيُؤْتُ الزَّكَاةِ فَإِذَا فَعَلُوا ذَلِكَ عَثَمُوا مِنِّي دِمَاءُهُمْ وَأَمْوَالُهُمْ إِلَّا بِحَقِّ الْإِسْلَامِ وَحِسَابُهُمْ عَلَى اللَّهِ تَعَالَى I have been ordered, compelled, commanded to fight the people until they say La ilaha illallah, the mushrikun, not Ahlul Kitab, they pay the jizya, the majus, they pay the jizya. And if they don't pay the jizya, then there's kitab. But the mushrikun, Rasulullah wasallam, has been ordered to call them to La ilaha illallah. If they don't accept, then he fights them. They say, La ilaha illallah, establish the salah, give the zakat. If they do that, then their blood and their money is safe from me, except by the haq of al-Islam. So you can only spill a person's blood with the haq of al-Islam. For an example, those of you who have sons, your son is born, you have to take your son to get a khitan, a circumcision. You're going to spill blood. And you're also going to harm him. You're going to make other. But this is a time when it's permissible to harm him and also to spill his blood. Because Allah Azza allowed you. He allowed you to cut the hand off of the one who steals. He allowed you also to take the life of the person who unjustly took someone else's life. So you can only shed blood by the haq of al-Islam. I believe we mentioned in this masjid before, Akhwan, that al-Islam came to protect five things. Ad-Dururiyatul Khamsa. Islam came to protect five things. Every halal of al-Islam and every haram in al-Islam. It is halal and it is haram for the protection of these five things. The first thing is, Islam came to protect your deen. Islam came also to protect your blood. So it may 
haram drinking khamr. So you don't get drunk and then you go and kill someone. Al-Islam came and made haram and it came to protect the ird or the honor of the people. Islam came and it came to protect the nasab or the lineage of the people. Don't marry your mother, don't marry your sister, don't make zina. Don't have homosexuality. Al-Islam came to protect the nasab. And the fifth thing Al-Islam came to protect is your money. Those are the dururiyatul khamsa. So Al-Islam has not allowed for anyone to shed the blood of another person other than if Allah allowed it. What Allah allows, that's the deen. And something that could be haram can be made halal by Allah Azawajal, even if it's from shirk. For an example, Allah ordered the malaika to make sajda to Adam. Sajda to other than Allah is kufr and shirk. And from the biggest manifestations of kufr and shirk. But when Allah told the malaika to make sajda to Adam, now is ibadah. Killing someone unjustly is impermissible. But when Ibrahim took his son, Ismail, and he was going to slaughter his son, now is ibadah for him to slaughter his son. So killing and shedding blood only becomes halal when Allah allows it. Concerning the bab of the Kabira Tuthaniyah, and Imam al-Dhahabi brought a number of ayat of the Qur'an. To support murder is a kabira from the kabair. Allah Ta'ala said, and it is not acceptable, it is not befitting for someone to kill a believer intentionally. And whoever kills a believer intentionally, Allah Subh'anaHu Wa Ta'ala will give him the reward of being in the Jahannam forever. And Allah will be angry with him. And Allah's curse is upon him. And Allah has prepared for him a grievous penalty. So his reward is, he will be in the Jahannam. And he will be there forever. And Allah is angry with him. And Allah has cursed him. And Allah has prepared for him a grievous penalty. You're not going to find in the book of Allah another sin with five of those descriptions. We say one of the ways you know that a sin is a kabira from the kabair is the description that has been given. Here we have the description that Allah said, فَجَزَاؤُهُ جَهَنَّمْ خَالِدٌ فِيهَا وَغَدِبَ اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَلَعْنَهُ وَعَدَّ لَهُ عَذَابٍ عَظِيمًا Five things. So no one should be in doubt. And this is a serious issue as it relates to those of us who have quick tempers and we are in the street and we misunderstand other people and it leads to fisticuffs. Fighting the Muslim is a kabira from the kabair as he says sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, qital al-Muslim kufrun. Fighting a Muslim is kufr, disbelief. And one of the reasons that we use as a deterrent is killing a Muslim is a serious crime. The second ayah that Imam al-Dhahabi brought was the statement of Allah Ta'ala and those people who do not, and he's praising the mu'mineen, al-mukhlisin, al-salihin, those people who do not call on other gods along with Allah. 
And they do not kill the soul that doesn't deserve to be killed. Nor do they make zina. Nor do they make zina. Because the ones who do this, they will get a serious punishment. And their punishment will be doubled in the hereafter. But those who make tawbah and those who believe, Allah will forgive them, even if they did those things. The third ayat is the statement of Allah Ta'ala, and whoever killed a soul, or he made fasad in the earth, it is as if he has killed all of mankind. And that ayat is in Surah Al-Ma'idah, and it comes on the heels of the ayat talking about Adam's son who killed the other brother. And we don't call them Cain and Abel, nor do we call them Habil and Qabil, because we don't have any authentic hadith to tell us that that's their name. We don't know if Fir'aun's, if the queen of Sheba is, if we don't know if the wife of the Aziz, if her name is Zulaikha, we don't know. All of those names come from the Israeliyat, so we don't establish them. We establish and we believe what comes in the Kitab and the Sunnah. Abel and Cain, Habil and Qabil. It's no delay for us to say that that's their names. Anyway, this ayat, after one brother killed the other brother, Allah Ta'ala said, مِنْ أَجْلِ ذَلِكَ كَتَبْنَا عَلَى بَنِي إِسْرَائِيلِ أَنَّهُ مَنْ قَتَلَ نَفْسٍ بِغَيْرِ نَفْسٍ أَوْ فَسَادٍ فِي الْأَرْضِ فَكَأَنَّمَا قَتَلَ النَّاسَ جَمِيعًا And because of what one brother did to the other brother, we prescribed and we wrote on Bani Israel that whoever kills a soul unjustly or he makes facade in the earth by murdering, it is as if he has killed all of the people. So that's a kabira from the kabair. Finally, he brought the ayat, وَإِذَا الْمَوْؤُودَةُ سُئِلَتْ بِأَيِّ ذَنْبٍ قُتِلَتْ And when the infant child will be asked, يَوْمُ الْقِيَامَةِ For what crime did you commit? So, murdering the baby by getting an abortion without having a legitimate reason in Al-Islam is a kabira from the kabair and it's like killing all of the people. Some of us, we look at ourselves and we say, well, I've never killed anyone and I don't plan on killing anyone and I don't think a circumstance can present itself where I'm going to kill someone. Because you think about taking a knife and killing someone. You think about taking a gun and shooting someone. And we fail to think about that regular person from amongst us who he's not ready to have a baby. She's not ready to have a baby. And they're married. So the girl gets pregnant and they get an abortion. That is murder. And Imam al-Dahabi brought the ayat. وَإِذَا الْمَوْؤُودَةُ سُئِلَتْ When that child will be asked, what crime were you killed for? Allah Ta'ala said, and we mentioned this ayah connected, this hadith connected to the ayah, Allah Azza wa Jal, when Rasulullah was asked, what is the greatest sin? He said that you make sure, and then that you kill your child out of fear that he's going to eat your food. Allah Ta'ala said, وَلَا تَقْتُلُوا أَوْلَادَكُمْ خَشْيَةَ الْإِمْلَاقِ نَحْنُ نَرْزَقُهُمْ وَإِيَّاكُمْ Do not kill your children out of fear of poverty. We provide for them and for you. 
just as Allah provided for you, He's going to provide for that child. It's a kabira from the kabair. Someone may say, but what about the hadith of the, of the sadiq al-mastuq? The hadith of Abdullah ibn Mas'ud radiyallahu anhu. Inna khalqa ahadukum, inna khalqa ahadikum, yujma'u fi batni ummihi arba'ina layla nutfa. One of you, his creation is brought together in his mother's stomach 40 days as a sperm, and then 40 more days as a morsel of flesh, and then 40 more days as a leech-like clot. What about those 120 days? After the 120 days, the angel is sent to blow into the child the spirit of life. So if I abort the child after 100 days, 50 days, 60 days, as long as it's before the 120, how could I be considered to be one who's killing a soul? Nah, this is not acceptable. In Sahih Muslim, they came and they asked Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, Ya Rasulullah, we want to practice al-uzla. We want to practice codus interruptus. We want to come out and practice codus interruptus. Is it okay? Rasulullah says sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, Daka al-wa'dul khafi. He said, that is the small version. That is the miniature version of burying your children alive. That is the miniature version. Because when the child came out and you buried him, that's the big version. This version of coming out. And then it goes on the rock or it goes on the ground or something like that. That's the miniature version of you killing your child. Now what if, Ikhwani, what if that sperm had the ability to connect to the egg and now that egg started to develop a little bit? If this is the small version of it, then it becomes bigger and bigger and bigger as time goes on. So abortion is qatrul nafs, killing the soul without any haq. Al-Imam al-Dhahabi, after these ayat ikhwan, he brought the ahadith. Nothing but ayat and ahadith to prove the point. That's the way of Ahlul Hadith. The way of Ahlul Kalam is one ayat, if any, one hadith, if any, and then a lot of kalam. The hadith that he brings first is the hadith that we've been dealing with so far. The hadith of Abu Hurairah radiallahu anhu, اجتنبوا السبع المبقات. Stay away from the seven major sins. And he mentioned first, al-shirk. And then he mentioned secondly, killing a soul without justice. And then after that he brought the next hadith. And that is that the Prophet sallallahu was asked, which is the greatest sin? He said al-shirk. They asked him and then after that, he said that you should kill your child out of fear that the child will eat with you. Abortion. And then he brought the third hadith. قَالَ النَّبِيُّ صَلَى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهُ وَسَلَّمَ إِذَا الْتَقَى الْمُسْلِمَانِ بِسَيْفَيْهِمَا فَالْقَاتِلْ وَالْمَقْتُولُ فِي النَّارِ قِيلَ يَا رَسُولُ اللَّهِ رَأَيْنَ الْقَاتِلِ فَمَا بَالُ الْمَقْتُولِ قَالَ صَلَى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهُ وَسَلَّمَ إِنَّهُ كَانَ حَرِيسًا عَلَى قَتْلِ صَاحِبِهِ If two Muslims come together with their swords drawn, their weapons drawn, 
then the one who murdered his brother will be in the hellfire, and the one who was murdered will be in the hellfire. They say, Ya Rasulullah, we understand why the murderer is in the hellfire, because he fell into a kabira from the kabair. He snuffed out a life without the haq. Allah didn't give him the permission to take this life off of the face of the earth. But what about the one who was murdered? He says, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, the one who was murdered, he was trying to murder his brother. He was trying to murder his brother. Which goes to show that the niyyah of a person is more important than the actual deed itself. If you have the niyyah to do a deed, and you don't do the deed, you still get rewarded. If you do a deed without the niyyah, you don't get a reward. So the niyyah is ablaf min al-amal. The niyyah that's in your heart is more important than the action itself. He says, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, inna allaha la yandur ila surikum wa la ila amwalikum walakinna allaha yandur ila qulubikum wa ila a'malikum. Allah doesn't look at your shapes, your forms, your colors, your money, but instead Allah looks at your heart. What is your niyyah? And he looks at your actions. Are those actions according to the deen? So, for two Muslims to fight and to argue, to pull out their weapons against each other, kabira from the kabair by itself. But if that leads to the death of one of them, both of them are in the hellfire. Al-Imam al-Dhahabi rahimahullahu ta'ala ikhwan brought the next hadith لا يزال المرء في فسحة من دينه ما لم يتند بدم حرام A person will not cease to have a chance in his religion. He's a crackhead, she's a prostitute, they killed their, they, they stole money, but they want to make Tawbah. They still have a chance. This hadith says a person will not cease to have a chance in his deen as long as he does not spill blood that is haram. We have to stop here and we have to say that this hadith that Imam al-Dhahabi brought is a weak hadith, rahimahullah ta'ala. It is a weak hadith and we said one of the criticisms of the book is the hadith that's weak. There is an authentic hadith that's been collected by Imam al-Bukhari that says the same thing. And Imam al-Dhahabi knew that hadith because he brought it in this chapter. But this is the way of the people of hadith. That they will bring the weak hadith sometimes in order to just strengthen, to make what they call al-istinaf with the issue, to give it some strength. So this is a weak hadith that I don't believe Al-Imam Al-Dhahabi was making an i'timad or relying upon it to prove his point because he brought the hadith of Al-Bukhari. But it is our job, and it is the job of the muhaddith, it's your job when you talk about Allah's religion, if the hadith is not authentic, the people say, no, the scholars say, you can use weak hadith, al-Imam al-Nawawi, you can use weak hadith. No, those scholars who say you can use weak hadith, they gave some strict conditions. And from those conditions is that you, when you use the hadith, you have to tell the people, this hadith is weak. You can't say, Rasulullah said this and he said that. Or we'll become like the Jews and the Christians. So it's not true that the scholars say we can use weak hadith just like that, open-ended. La. 
You can't lie on the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa ala alihi wa sallam. In the next hadith, يَقُولُ النَّبِيُّ صَلَّى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَّمُ لَا تَرْجَعُوا بَعْدِ كُفَّارًا يَدْرِبُوا بَعْدَكُمْ عَلَاقْ بَعْضًا Rasulullah says sallallahu alayhi wa sallam to his companions, do not become kuffar after I leave you, after I die. Do not become kuffar. How ya Rasulullah? By striking each other's necks, by fighting each other. So the people who hate the companions of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, had it not been for that Qur'an, and had it not been for the minhaj al-sahih, we would have made takfir of all of them, including their women and including their children. But we know that there are ignorant people from amongst them who don't know, like their ignorant Qadianis, like their ignorant Brawis, like their ignorant Diobandis, like their ignorant people with these jama'at who fall into kufin shirk based upon ignorance. They don't know. The man who's Qadiani, he says that that man is Rasul after Rasulillah because he doesn't know. He doesn't really understand what he's saying. So we don't say that the man is a non-Muslim. We say that that concept and that understanding is a non-Muslim, a non-Islamic understanding. Those people who hate the companions of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, and they say that they all became kuffar after him, they use this authentic hadith. And this hadith is inside Al-Bukhari Muslim. لَا تَرْجَعُوا بَعْدِي كُفَّارًا يَدْرِبُوا بَعْدُكُمْ أَنَاقُوا رِقَابْ بَعْدْ By striking the necks of each other. So the companions of Rasulullah wasallam, they fought each other after the death of Rasulullah wasallam, and we do not make takfir of them hashilillah. They were mujtahidun, they made ijtihad, and all of them will get a reward for whatever they did in those harub that transpired. Those who were wrong, like the people who were against Ali ibn Abi Talib, who the haq was with him, radiallahu anhu, Aisha, Talha, Az-Zubair, Muawiyah, radiallahu anhum ajma'een. All of them will get their reward, but those who were with Ali will get double reward because the haq was with them and they were right. So they were not kuffar, and they were not fighting for the dunya, they were fighting for al-Islam. Al-Imam al-Dhahabi rahimahullahu ta'ala brought the next hadith. وَقَالَ بِشِيرِ ابْنُ مُهَاجِرِ أَنْ إِبْنِ بُرَيْدَ أَنْ أَبِيهِ أَنَ النَّبِيَّ صَلَّى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَّمَ قَالْ لَقَتْلُ مُؤْمِنِ أَعْظَمُ عِنْدَ اللَّهِ مِنْ زَوَالِ الدُّنْيَا The Prophet says sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, Verily, killing a believer, killing the soul that says لا إله إلا الله is greater to Allah than the whole dunya dissipating and disappearing. For someone to kill a Muslim that is greater to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala than the whole world which doesn't equal the wing of a gnat in the law, for the dunya to disappear is smaller to Allah and less significant than the blood that is shed. 
Abdullah ibn Umar radiallahu anhu was sitting at the Kaaba watching the people making tawaf around the Kaaba. And he said to the Kaaba, Ma a'zam hurmatik. Verily, you, your, your sanctity is great. You are sacred. You are sacred. وَحُرْمَةُ الْمُؤْمِنِنَ اللَّهِ أَعْظَمُ But the sanctity and the sacredness of the believer is even greater with Allah. So in the Hajj, when the Rasul gathered all of the people wasallam, He told those people, دِمَاءَكُمْ وَأَعْرَادَكُمْ وَأَمْوَالَكُمْ حَرَامٌ عَلَيْكُمْ كَيَوْمِكُمْ هَذَا فِي شَهْرِكُمْ هَذَا بَلَدِكُمْ هَذَا Your blood, your honor, and your money, all of them are sacred. Like this day is sacred. Like this month is sacred. Like this city is sacred. So you cannot shed the blood of the Muslim. And for his blood to shed in the world, we should know that it is an issue with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that is azim. Al-Imam al-Dhahabi rahimahullahu ta'ala ikhwan, he said in the next hadith that the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, this one is the authentic narration, لا يزال المرء في فصحة من دينه ما لم يصب دم حرام A human being will not cease to have a chance in his deen as long as he does not spill the blood that is haram. Abdullah bin Abbas, the companion of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he was of the opinion that if you kill someone, you can't make tawbah. That if you kill someone, the ayat of the Qur'an, the first ayat that Imam al-Dhahabi mentioned, فَجَزَاؤُهُ جَهَنَّمْ خَالِدًا فِيهَا Whoever kills a Muslim intentionally, his reward is he will be in the hellfire forever. He used that ayat. He also used this hadith. As long as you don't kill someone, you have a chance. The Prophet said, Sallallahu Alaihi wa ala alihi wa sallam, Allah and yaj'al liqatil mu'min tawbatin. Allah has refused to allow a person who killed the believer to make tawbah. So Abdullah ibn Abbas, he used to give the fatwa, if you kill someone, there's no tawbah for you. The man came as Al-Imam al-Bukhari collected this hadith in his book, Al-Adab al-Mufrat. The book of Al-Bukhari, not Sahih Bukhari, Al-Adab al-Mufrat. A man came and said, Ya Abdullah ibn Abbas, there was a lady who I wanted to marry. And I was in love with her, I really wanted to marry her. But her family refused. And then another man came and they accepted his invitation and they married him to her. So I found the lady one day and I knocked her down and I took an axe and I killed her. Can I make Toba? Abdullah ibn Abbas radiallahu anhu asked that man, Are your parents living? The man said, No, only my mother is living. No, only my mother is living. He said, go to your mother and do good to her. When he got up and he left, the people asked him, Ya Abdullah ibn Abbas, when the man told you about the terrible crime that he committed, why did you ask him about his mother and his father? He said, because I don't know of anything that can repel and reduce the crime of murder other than taking care of the mother and the father. And that's why in another hadith, 
Rasulullah said that the biggest sin was a shirk, and then the next sin was killing someone, and then the third one was uquq al-waridain. So Abdullah bin Abbas radiallahu anhu, he was of the opinion that there was no toba for killing someone, and this is not the correct position. Wallahu a'lam. Allah Ta'ala told us in the Qur'an, قُلْ يَا إِبَادِيَ الَّذِينَ أَسْرَفُوا عَلَىٰ أَنفُسِهِمْ لَا تَقْنَتُوا مِنْ رَحْمِتِ اللَّهِ إِنَّ اللَّهَ يَغْفِرُ الذُّنُوبَ جَمِيعًا إِنَّهُ هُوَ الْغَفُورُ الرَّحِيمُ Say unto them, Ya Muhammad, say unto them, O my servants who have gone overboard in the sins that you've committed, doesn't make salat, didn't make salat, killed people, smoking crack. All my servants who've gone overboard, don't give up hope of the rahmah of Allah. Verily, Allah will forgive all of the sins. He is Al-Ghafoor. He is Al-Rahim. And an authentic hadith that Al-Imam Al-Dhahibi doesn't bring. The Prophet says, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, Al-Kaba'ir, Al-Ishraqu Billah, Wal-Iyas, Min Ruhillah, Wal-Qunut, Min Rahmatillah. Rasulullah said, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, from the major sins is that you make shirk, and also that you give up hope from the Rahmah of Allah, and that you feel Number three, that there's no way out for you to be forgiven. So for a person to give up hope from the Rahmah of Allah is a kabira from the kabair. Allah said about Himself, Wasi'at rahmati, wasi'at kulla shay. Ma rahma has spread over everything. He is ar Rahman, ar Rahim. Ar Rahman, because as Rahma hits everyone and everything in the dunya, including the kuffar, that he is ar Rahim, merciful only to the believers, Yomul Qiyamah. The kuffar will have no Rahma in the hereafter. But here, Allah Azza wa Jal has Rahma upon everyone. So from the kabair is to believe that you can't be forgiven. إن الله لا يغفر وإن يشرك بي ويغفر ما دون ذلك لمن يشاء. Allah doesn't forgive that you make shirk with him, but He forgives anything other than that. الإمام الذهبي رحمه الله تعالى إخواني. He brought the next hadith to show that murder is from the major sins. أول ما يقدر بين الناس في الدماء. Now this is an important point we want you to understand. The Prophet said in this hadith, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, the very first thing that's going to be looked into Yomul Qiyamah will be the blood that was spilt unjustly. The very first thing that Allah will ask the creation about Yomul Qiyamah, He's going to deal with the people who were killed unjustly. They will be brought forth and it will be looked into. There's another authentic hadith that said, Inna awwala مَا يُحَاسَبَ بِهِ مَا يُحَاسَبَ بِهِ يَوْمُ الْقِيَامَ الْعَبْدِ الصَّلَاةِ The first thing that the slave will be asked about يَوْمُ الْقِيَامَ will be his prayer. So here, one hadith says that the blood will be the first thing that's going to be looked into. The second hadith says that the salat will be the first thing that will be looked into يَوْمُ الْقِيَامَ 
Who from amongst you can harmonize these two hadith? Abdul Majid. How could one hadith say, the first thing Allah is going to ask about Yawm Al-Qiyam is the blood that was spilled. But another hadith said, the first thing that Allah is going to ask about is the salah. The first is the first. So are we going to be like the Jews and the Christians who we can go to their book and say right here said God is, he, Jesus is the only begotten son but over here David is a begotten and over here someone else is a begotten. Is our religion like that? If they came and they asked you that question. Over here your religion said the salat is the first thing. Over here it said the blood is the first thing. So Muhammad has made a contradiction. What are we going to say? Abdul Majid. Um, if you don't pray, it's like um, you don't value the life that's been given to you to look after. It's like you spill the blood. Good try, Akhi, but that's not it. Put your hands up if you know the answer. Put your hands up. Akhi. Is, is it one general? It's going to be asked everyone. And this one is. Spirit. Good try, Akhi. Good try. That's an intelligent try. Enter, enter. Yeah. That's Isra. Now I'm Isra. One relates to the, the rights of Allah subhanahu wa and the other relates to the rights of the The answer to that, Ikhwan, is the rights, Yawm Al-Qiyamah, the Hukuk, Yawm Al-Qiyamah, are of two types. Two types. The first type of rights are the rights connected to Allah that you make Tawheed, that you make the Salah, that you give Zakat. That you fast in Ramadan, that you make Hajj, that's the Haq of Allah. Walillahi ala nasi, Hijjul Bayt. It's the right of Allah that you make Hajj to the house. He says, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, in the Hadith Qudsi, that Allah Ta'ala said, Inna Abdin, Sahahtu lahu fi jasadi, wa wasa'tu alayhi fi ma'ishatihi. تَمْضِ عَلَيْهِ خَمْسَ صَلَوَاتِ فَلَمْ يَفِدْ إِلَيَّ لَمَحْرُوبِ The slave, I gave him good health and I gave him money. Five years pass and he doesn't come and make umrah or he doesn't come and make hajj. He is mahroom. He will be put out of my rahmah. He will be the one I'll leave his affairs to be in disarray. So even if he may hajj, one hajj is wajib. But you should try to make hajj at least every five years because of this hadith. I give him good health, I gave him money, five years pass him by. He may hajj, five years come by. And he doesn't come to me again. He's mahroom. So the person takes his money and he sees his neighbor across the street and they add an extension to their kitchen. So he has to keep up with them. I got to add an extension to my kitchen. They got a new car. I got to get a new car. Trade in the one that's a 2002, but he has a new one I have. La. You have to use that money for your hajj, for your umrah. Go into hajj and umrah, it will make you a person who has money. Making hajj and umrah makes you a person who will get money. So those are from the haqq of Allah Azawajal. And then the second type of haqq yawm al-qiyamah are the huquq bayn al-khalq. The rights that the people have, that the creation have upon each other. Your wife has the right that you feed her, that you clothe her, that you deal with her honorably. Your children have the right that you educate them and you protect them and you provide for them. 
Your mother and your father have the right that you take care of them. The Muslim who died had the right that we make janazah over him and we wash his body and we pay his debt. So all of those hukuk, yawmul qiyamah, will be looked into. And they will be in their order. As it relates to the hukuk of Allah Azawajal, the hukuk of Allah, al-tawheed, and then as-salat. The first thing, if the salat was okay, then the rest of his affairs are going to be okay. And if his salat is lacking, the rest of his affairs are going to be lacking. If he's not praying correctly, there's going to be problems with other issues. As it relates to the hukuk of the people, the blood is the first thing that's going to be looked into. Ahsan to And Imam al-Dahabi brought the next narration, Ikhwan, and we almost finish here. وَقَالَ فَرَاسَ عَنِ الشَّعْبِ عَنَ عَبْدِ اللَّهِ إِبْنْ عَمْرِ إِبْنْ الْعَاصِ رَضِيَ اللَّهُ عَنْهُمَا قَالَ قَالَ النَّبِيُّ صَلَّى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَّمَ أَكْبَرُ الْكَبَائِرِ الْإِشْرَاقُ بِاللَّهِ وَقَتْلُ النَّفْسِ وَأُقُوقُ الْوَالِدَيْنِ Abdullah ibn Amr ibn al-As was the companion who had the majority of the hadith even more than Abu Huraira radiallahu anhu. Abu Huraira said, no companion had more hadith than me other than Abdullah ibn Amr ibn al-As. And that's because he used to write the hadith and I didn't write them. Abdullah ibn Amr al-As, he said that the Prophet said that the biggest crime, the biggest sin is to make shirk with Allah and then to kill someone who doesn't deserve to be killed and then to be disobedient to one's parents. عقوق الوالدين وقال حميد بن هلال قال أنبأنا نصر بن آسم قال أنبأنا أقب بن مالك عن النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم إن الله أبى علي من قتل مؤمنا Rasulullah صلى الله عليه وسلم said Allah has prevented me from the one who has killed a believer Allah has prevented me from the one who has killed a believer. The scholars said the meaning of that is, Allah has prevented me from making dua for the one who has killed a believer. Allah has prevented me from making dua because he doesn't have a chance for killing the one who the disappearance of the dunya is easier and lighter with Allah than for that person to lose his life. قال الإمام الذهبي رحمه الله تعالى وقال النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم ما من نفس تقتل ظلما إلا كان على ابن آدم الأول كفل من دمائها لأنه أول من سن القتل متفق عليه البخاري المسلم bring this hadith there is not a single human being who was killed unjustly except that the son of Adam will have a portion of the responsibility of that murder because he was the first one to start the sunnah of murdering. So every human being who is killed in this dunya, every human being who was killed in this dunya, Adam's son who killed his brother, jealousy caused him to kill his brother. Adam's son who killed his brother will get a portion of every single person who was murdered. That man who was murdered a few months ago here in this city, while he was working out, shot in public, in front of people, in a weight room, Adam's son will get a portion of that. And anyone from amongst us, Ikhwan, who happens to be a Muslim, if you 
know of someone who has been approached to take out a contract on any human being, any human being, you have to do something about that. You have to advise that person that it's not permissible to shed the blood of anyone. And it's not permissible for us to take the law in our own hands. This thing that is called the honor killings. The Muslim girl, she goes out and she commits a kabira from the kabair. And she dishonors our family. She dishonors our family. And right so, she dishonored us. It is not for us to take the law into our own hands. Not in this country and not in the Islamic country. The rulers in Al-Islam, they have been made responsible for the hudud. Not like in America, someone does something to someone else. The imam in America, he takes the man and brings him downstairs in the cellar, in the basement. Ties him up to the pillar and he starts flogging him. That's not the religion of Al-Islam. So killing the Muslim, with which hop can you kill him in this society? What Allah has allowed you to do is, if someone came in upon you, and you wanted to protect yourself, and as a result of protecting yourself, you killed that individual, this is acceptable in Al-Islam. And if he were to kill you, you are a shaheed. وَمَنْ قُتِلَ دُونَ مَالِهِ فَهُوَ الشَّهِيدِ وَمَنْ قُتِلَ دُونَ أَهْلِهِ فَهُوَ الشَّهِيدِ وَمَنْ قُتِلَ دُونَ عِرْضِهِ فَهُوَ الشَّهِيدِ Whoever is killed for protecting his family, his honor and his money, he's a shaheed. But even with that, if you were to read Asul al-Sunnah of Imam Ahmed, when he deals with this section of repelling the criminal, the burglar, he says that, you repel the burglar with enough force to get him out. Shouldn't try to kill an individual. So murdering people is a heinous crime that no one should allow himself to look at it as being small. Our community should cry and weep tears when we find public executions. That our existence in this country has allowed other people to pay for Muslims or non-Muslims to kill someone else. And we're not going to speculate, because speculating is haram. Why was he killed? Was it over this? Was it over that? Allahu alam. But for people to kill someone else because they disagree with his point of view, disagree with his jama'ah, disagree because he married the ex-wife or he wants, what is that? That's the level that the Muslim community has fallen to. Shedding blood is a serious issue. Al-Imam Al-Dahabi rahimahullah ta'ala showed in that last hadith how the person who's responsible for creating a innovation that the people are practicing, if he creates an innovation that the people are practicing and following, just like the son of Adam, he will get the reward and the recompense of all of those people who practice that innovation without their penalty being decreased one bit. We have two more hadith, three more hadith, and that's it. And here is a hadith that is concerning the issue of the hour right now. And Imam al-Dahabi, he didn't leave this group out. He brought the hadith of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam. And Ibn Amr and the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam Man qatala mu'ahada 
لم يرح رائحة الجنة وإن ريحها يوجد من مسيرة أربعين آما Whoever kills a mu'ahid Whoever kills a mu'ahid He will not smell the fragrance of the Jannah Even though the fragrance of the Jannah can be smelled from 40 years away The mu'ahid ikhwan is the one who has an ahd He has a contract He is the non-Muslim who's in the Muslim state The one who the Muslims give him protection the one who the Muslims say to him, come and irrigate our land and we give you protection. The one who they pay the Muslims the jizya. They don't believe in Al-Islam, but they pay the jizya. So the Muslims say, we're responsible for you. We'll protect you even from your enemy. The mu'ahid is the one who, when you come from Pakistan, or you come from Afghanistan, or you come from Bangladesh, or you come from Egypt, or Algeria, or Libya, and you come to the land of these kuffar, after sitting in your country or wherever you got the visa, and you agreed to certain things on that paper of the visa, you now have gone into a contract to come here to be a law-abiding citizen. And no one can sit there and think Abu Usama is talking about law-abiding, meaning you can't get another wife or something that Islam says do this, and this religious, their way say, no, I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about flagrantly going against what their law is saying, like what is universally known and accepted, killing people, blowing them up, robbing their banks, Whoever kills a person like this, to kill those people who are working in the Arabian, the Arabian Peninsula, in the Gulf of Yemen, to kill them after the Muslims have allowed them to come in. Those people are mu'ahadun. They have contracts with the Muslims. And the Prophet said about that Wasallam, the Muslims take care of the conditions that they made with other people. They don't make ghadr. Even Abu Sufyan, Ikhwan Abu Sufyan, when he was a non-Muslim, and he went to the court of Hiraqal, and Hiraqal wanted to know, what is the da'wah of this man, Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam? Abu Sufyan hated Rasulullah with a passion, but his hatred for him did not allow him to say something that wasn't true. He said, I was afraid if I lied on him, then the the other people from Quraysh would go back and say that I'm a liar. He had a level of deen, a level of deen, a sitq. So he's going to respect this arena that he's in. The man has rights. And the right that he has is that I tell you the truth about his reality. So killing non-Muslims like this is not acceptable by any stretch of the imagination. So the Imam al-Dhabi, he has not left out the Muslim who you can't kill. He has not left out the child, the abortion. He has not left out the non-Muslim. All of that is from the Kabair in Al-Islam. He said, 
فأبو هريرة رضي الله عنه قال قال النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم من أعان على قتل من أعان على قتل مؤمن بشطر كلمة لقي الله مكتوب بين عينيه آيس من رحمة الله Abu Huraira narrated this hadith according to Al-Imam Al-Dhahabi. Whoever helps someone to kill another Muslim by one word, Yawm Al-Qiyamah will be written between his eyes, Ayas min rahmatillah. This person has given up hope. This person is hopeless. He will not get the rahmah of Allah. This hadith is... And it wasn't acceptable for an Imam al-Dahabi to bring it here in this book. And Imam Abu Hatim al-Razi said that the hadith was batil mawdu'a. And Imam Ibn Jawzi brought it in his book, Kitab al-Mawdu'at. So it is not an authentic hadith. Umar radiallahu anhu said though authentically, if someone were to try to kill a Muslim, and 70 people held him down while that, while that man, one man killed him. Umar said, I will kill all 71 of them. If one man killed a Muslim and 70 people held him down, I would kill all 71 of them because they all had something to do with the murder. The last hadith is the statement of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa ala alihi wa sallam. Kullu dhambin asallahu an yaghfirah illa raju yamut kafira awal raju yaqtul mu'mina muta'amida. Every sin, Allah will forgive it except the man who dies as a kafir and the man who kills a believer intentionally. Those two sins, Allah will not forgive. But again, we told you, if a person kills a person and he doesn't say that it's halal to kill him, he can make tawbah and Allah will forgive him. And if he doesn't make tawbah and he dies saying, La ilaha illallah, Muhammad Rasulullah, he's going to go to Jannah. He's under the Mashiach of Allah. The man killed 100 people from Bani Israel, and from them he killed some people who are ubad, a lot of worship. And yet, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala forgave that individual. Allah will forgive any and every sin, even if it's murder, no matter how much murder it was. In the hadith al-Qudsi, Allah ta'ala said, Ya ibn Adam, innaka ma da'awtani wa rajawtani إِلَّا غَفَرُتُ لَكَ عَلَى مَا كَانَ مِنْكَ وَلَا أُبَالِهِ يَا بْنَ آدَمْ لَوْ أَنَّ لَوْ بَلَغَتْ ذُنُوبُكَ عَنَانِ السَّمَاءِ ثُمَّ اسْتَغْفَرْتَنِي غَفَرْتُ لَكَ وَلَا أُبَالِهِ يَا بْنَ آدَمْ لَوْ أَنَّكَ أَتَيْتَنِي بِقَرَابِ الْأَرْضِ خَطَايَا ثُمَّ لَقِيتَنِي لَا تُشْرِكُ بِيَ شَيْئًا you do not make dua to me, nor do you hope for me, except that I will forgive you no matter what you did. Ya Ibn Adam, if you were to have the sins that were so much that they reached all the way up into the skies, I will forgive you if you sought to be forgiven. O son of Adam, if you came to me with the whole earth, the amount of the earth in sin, you can fill up the earth with your sins if you came to me, and then you met me like that without making shirk with me, I will come to you with just as much forgiveness, and I don't mind, I don't care. 
So that hadith shows that no one should close the door of the rahmat of Allah. And to close the door of the rahmat of Allah is a kabira from the kabira. So any khatib, any imam, when he gives the khutbah, he should not say to the people, all of you are going to the hellfire. None of you are no good. Everyone's going to the hellfire. Because if you say that to a person, the person is going to say, then why should I make tawbah? Let me do more evil. No, we have to let the people know that the doors of Toba are open.